broadcasting live from the middle of America, welcome to the Oklahoma City Real Estate Show. Covering local market data, news, and reports to arm you with information you need to empower your investing and strengthen your American rights. Top Realtor, investor, husband, father, and veteran. Here is your host, Landon Witt. Yeah! Welcome. Episode 54 here in Oklahoma City. Yes, folks, we are now in video, coming to you live from the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Oklahoma City. Folks, I've been wanting to do this for quite some time now. Coming up on episode 54, so much in the news, so much going on. You know, I, for the last six months, have been doing this show every other week. And really, that's because I just can't do it every week. Well, now I have no choice. Too much news, too much excitement going on. So we're doing this weekly, and we're doing it in video. That doesn't mean you podcast listeners are going to get left behind. Everything that we broadcast on video will also be available in the audio podcast original format. So keep subscribed. You'll just, in addition to that, have the video resources where we'll be able to show some of the pictures of the developments that we talk about and some of the listings that are coming up. So it'll be a little bit more interactive show. On today's show, we talk with a cultural group in town called Yes OKC, Yes Love OKC, and uh, that'll be on the audio-only portion because we're kind of tiptoeing into this whole video world. Um, in fact, still quite learning how to use the controls here to change between these beautiful cameras I've got here in the studio in Oklahoma City, but a lot of news to get to here. I, I want to start off with the market. And for those that have never watched this show before or listened to this show, we do a, I start off with the market report because I want to hit you with what's happening this week in Oklahoma City. A lot of you are making decisions right now. Where should you price? How long should you wait? Should you do that price reduction? A lot of this market is very rapid, especially with the recent boom of folks just pouring in here from California, New York, Florida, Canada, you name it, all over the place. So I want to just make sure that we're in tune with what's happening in the market. And we do that through the first five minutes of market data. So let's jump into that. You're pending. These are houses that went pending over the last seven days, comes out to 13 days on market on your median. Now, I do the median because it, it knocks off those extreme houses that maybe are way overpriced and stay on the market 200 days. And then those those houses that maybe, you know, were inputted into MLS just for record's sake and they've been on the market zero days, something of this sort. So we take that median. Uh, that was 172 homes just went pending the last seven days with 125 homes coming off the market and going to close, starting off at $98.78 per square foot with a final sales price of $97.80 per square foot. That comes out to be a 0.98% a uh, discount from list 
to sale. Um, I think last week or two weeks ago, we reported that there was actually an increase on the median of the purchase price. So be looking at that. Um, that puts us at 12 days on market. Again, those are properties that went under contract approximately 30 days ago, and now they're closing. That came out to 12 days on market with your average median sales price coming in at 140. Do want to point out our top sale of the week going to 1609 Elmhurst. 7,629 square foot, selling for $209.07 per square foot, bringing that final selling price to $1.4 million. That property stayed on the market for, at a, oh, excuse me, here we go, $209 per square foot list price and a $187 per square foot sold price. That property staying on the market 146 days, I think, you can kind of read the story behind that one, but after you're on the market for almost six months, you start to take other offers. So when you're negotiating some of these high-end luxury properties, do pay attention to the time, the market exposure, as always, and you can negotiate deeply. Looking at our REO market, uh, we've got just five. Just five, which has actually been on mark with what we've experienced in the latest trend of the last, let's say, 24 months. Really, and that's just a big push from the wholesalers coming through the market and really getting up all that lower uh, inventory already before it even needs to go to foreclosure. A lot of banded signs around here talking about uh, we pay cash for homes and mailers coming out. But uh, just to bridge that, uh, $42.49 per square foot and uh, closing out at $42.57 per square foot with an and a market exposure time of 28 days on market, putting your uh, median sales price or sold price at uh, $71 or $71,518 median for REO uh, sales price in Oklahoma City. And again, our metric is 10 square miles and centered. Okay, want to get over to some more of the news here. So on your main news. We're going to get into this oil, 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 oil. What's happening to oil? Of course, Oklahoma City being a big oil-dependent market. I want to queue up a video just kind of summarizing uh, what's going on. I talked with Turner Oil Energy, Turner Energy, which actually shares part of the building that we've got here. And, you know, this first thing I did, run over to those guys and try to figure out, kind of gauge how does this oil price affect Oklahoma City? And and really, it doesn't affect Oklahoma City, and and largely because the oil crisis overseas uh, really doesn't affect our market. And even if it does, it's a temporary uh, temporary enough to where you're not really going to see increased drilling and increased jobs. Uh, but nevertheless, definitely affecting buyer sentiment. So let's go to this video here, just kind of a summary here from the folks at NBC. Let's cue that up. With the oil events of the, over the weekend, you're going to see some pressure uh, on those numbers. And so I think the, the dramatically overbought levels are behind us. If you have good, high-quality integrated oil, either on the debt side or, or on the equity side, you're going to do just fine. If you're doing speculative oil trades based on commodity prices, 
uh, I think it's a fool's trade and I would, I would be very reticent to do that. Uh, oil is not going to 100. The oil dynamics are not the dynamics of our youth. <laughs> Joe, you and I, uh, we do not have the, the same sort of shock in directionally higher rates in, in oil prices. This will be a very short-term phenomena just because of the massive capacity that's been built, you know, both domestically and other players. We're now talking about incredibly sophisticated, one-off, custom-built processing infrastructure. I think we're talking weeks to months before it's fully restored. I think it's a time for a lot of pragmatic flexibility on both sides of that divide and others. Think about this, not only do you have to to want to source crude anywhere you can get it. Uh, the Saudis, after all, were standing in for a lot of the Iranian crude that have been forced off the market. But on that note, some of the importers that have been forced to stop buying Iranian and Venezuelan crude might want to start buying it even though the risks of those sanctions are high. That might not be something the U.S. government condones, but they might tacitly accept it if prices begin to climb back up. If we had been where we were 10 years ago, this would have been a much more panicky situation. If it is Iran, then the question, it's hard to believe that there's not going to be some kind of response. And I think the oil market will, it will adjust to the fact that probably supplies are okay, the, the system, the market's flexible, but the question that will hover over it will be too. How long does it take to repair the facility? and what happens next. A large part of the rotation since mid-August has been into value anyway, energy being the second biggest component of the S&P 500 value Weird. sector. This just gives it a bit of a further tailwind yeah. in terms of the rotation. You know, that said, our view all along, all summer, we, we suggested getting, you know, somewhat a bit more defensively and cash heavy in May as the headlines turned. And our view has been if we're going to get this late cycle rally extension, it's going to come because there's a better, you know, move to a better space with trade that's going to allow cyclicals, things that are correlated to global PMI to move up. That's largely the value basket uh, cyclicals that have underperformed. So we came into this period underweight energy. Uh, over the weekend, our analysts are recommending that we you know, cut back on those underweights if we're severely underweight energy because there's the potential for this to escalate, for the attacks to continue, and there, there to be a tit for tat that could potentially involve the United States. I think it's ambiguous with respect to the United United States economy, just how big of an impact this is going to have. I think it's less ambiguous that it's a negative for Europe and for China because they don't have the sort of import-export dynamic that we have where we are both a producer and an exporter of energy. So this has that slight positive effect for certain industries in the U.S. I think it's less ambiguous this is going to be negative for China and Europe, which is probably going to keep the Fed cutting, which means it's still an okay time to own sort of interest-bearing securities because we see those do well when the Fed is seen as likely to reduce interest rates. All right, there you go. So if you were thinking of selling or buying and you're shorting fast and you're a day trader, have some fun with that one. But as far as real estate being affected in Oklahoma City, not a chance. On to the other news. So in local news, the CVB, which is known as the Oklahoma City Convention and Visitors Bureau, for the second year in a row, Oklahoma City exceeded $15 million in total hotel room tax, with a 3.5% increase over fiscal year 2018. Comparing fiscal year 2019 with fiscal year 2018, room night demand from a broad mix of business has increased by 3.16%. Hotel revenue grew 2.97%, and hotel room supply grew citywide by 6.5%. This growth continues an upward trend. Folks, if you are thinking about Airbnb and all this, you see those numbers, 3.75%, uh, 3% growth in demand, and then 6% growth in supply of hotels. But if you don't want to stay at a hotel, you go to the Airbnb, you go to that way. So that just shows you 
the demand is growing. So keep that in mind for you investors in Airbnb. Other news, OU Medical Center making history with a new patient bed tower. One of the largest hospital expansion projects in the nation right now and the largest hospital expansion in Oklahoma history. The OU Medicine patient bed tower is coming to the skyline. Construction started in November 27th and the $364 million, 456,000 square foot tower is slated to be finished in 2020. Again, that on the curtails of the Innovation District and a lot of the other districts that we've done in town where we're trying to push for local, uh, you know, nightlife and things like that to attract these bioengineers and attract these doctors to Oklahoma City. Also, another thing announced today, um, after hours of discussion and a year of public comment, the Oklahoma City Council unanimously approved letting voters decide on the MAPS 4 proposal in a special election coming up December 10th. For those that don't understand, the MAPS 4 is a project that covers where we'll spend taxpayer dollars. In fact, I think it's, yeah, $978 million off of a one-cent MAP sales tax for eight years starting April 1st, 2020. That will stretch in and help cover things like sidewalks, senior wellness, youth centers, mental health, domestic violence programs, and the Innovation District, which we talked about two weeks ago on the show, the Animal Shelter and Beautification of Oklahoma City, all coming out in eight years. So if you see the trend here on Buying now, eight years from now, or five years from now, seeing this town really being a high-caliber town. Speaking of investment in Oklahoma City, I want to switch over to our uh, screen cam so that you can see what I'm talking about here on the um, – let's go ahead and get that bigger. Um, okay, this is Cotter Tower, or formerly known as Cotter Tower. Which, was, which is the second tallest building in Oklahoma City. They're doing an expansive renovation project. You can see that there. Try to get that a little bigger. Um, so Devon Tower here in the background, Cotter Tower here in the foreground. Perfect. Um, this uh, expansion originally built as the headquarters for Liberty Bank in 1972. At 500 feet, it rained for almost three decades is the tallest building in Oklahoma City. It's going to get a renovation um, after what was a 50% vacancy rate because uh, the Cotter family uh, ran the building into the ground, really. A classic case of, of stripping the equity out of your asset and then your tenants finally leave because you don't fix anything. But see this cool little glass structure that's right here? This is an entrance to the downtown tunnel system which we've had for years and years and years. And a couple of people have actually done um, some stuff on that where they, it, there's one video on YouTube where they get into, um, you know, going through the tunnels and all the exciting stuff underground. But it's a tunnel system that connects a lot of these large buildings together so that um, you don't have to go on the surface level. You can kind of go down below for your lunch break. Uh, and some of the, the uh, facilities have had retail down there and some other things. So... 
Before we get to the guest on the show, though, I want to talk a little bit about the Democratic debate and the talk of guns and all this kind of thing. And I want to share just real quick a story that happened last year here just across the way, literally right behind our studios here at a restaurant that's right there on the waterfront. If you haven't been to Northwest Oklahoma City, I'm right next to Lake Hefner, our beautiful offices here. Um, Actually, if I go right out my office door here and I go up stairs, I can get to um, get another view of that beautiful office. Right behind this camera here, that wide angle camera, you can go up and onto the roof. I don't even know if I'm actually allowed to go on the roof, but um, I do. And you can see the lake. It's beautiful. And there's a restaurant there. And last year on July, I think it was 21st, there was an active shooter situation in which a deranged individual decided to start shooting people at the restaurant and actually ended up hitting two people. But an interesting thing happened, and that's why you probably didn't hear about it on the news, or at least not national news. Juan Carlos Nazario was sitting on a lakeside bench waiting to play soccer when he heard the staccato popping of gunshots outside of Louis on the Lake, the popular waterfront grill and pub. He ran to his car to get his gun and moved towards the sounds. At the same time, Bryant Whittle was driving with his wife, headed off for a Memorial Day weekend getaway. When he saw commotion outside of Louis, he thought someone might be drowning. So instead of turning his truck onto the highway, he barreled into the parking lot to offer help. As he jumped out, what he learned stunned him. There was an active shooter just yards away, and the wounded victims were holed up in the restaurant bathroom. Whittle, too, grabbed his gun, and in a matter of seconds, the two armed citizens became self-appointed protectors, moving to take up positions. See if I can get a picture of these fellas. Look at this. Moving to take up their positions, drawing their weapons, and shouting for him to drop There we go. Shouting for him to drop his weapon. Time stretched and warped. There was an exchange of gunfire. The gunman was hit several times and fell. As Nazario and Whittle converged over the man to restrain him, the police arrived. And unsure who was the actual shooter, the officers handcuffed all the men and put them on the ground as the shooter bled out in the grass and died. Just something to think about here in the middle of the country where, yes, we carry guns. We love our guns. We have lots of guns. And in fact, coming up, we're actually going to allow open carry. A lot of controversial debates on that one. But we've had all kinds of thoughts of women, you know, getting a nice pearl handgun that matches their dress or maybe a man that's got an old Western getup. A lot of controversy behind that. I don't know what I believe about everybody wearing their guns on their hip going in every place, but I do believe in the Second Amendment rights. So something to think about. Getting into our guest here on the show, I'm excited for that. Don't have video of it yet, but you're going to listen to the audio of these folks. This is part of the series of the show trying to get in and expose you to some of these cultural pockets that exist here in what I'm calling the greatest city in the middle of America. I'm here in the studio with Yes Love OKC. Yes Love OKC is a social community action group that focuses on bridging the intersectionality gap in society through awareness, art, 
continued education, social media. Their goal is to create a community by encouraging necessary conversations in a respectful manner that promote growth and empowerment of all. Guys, welcome to the show today. Introduce yourself. Tell the folks a little bit about what you guys are doing. Hey, what's up? Uh, This is Albert Rios. I'm the executive director and co-founder of Yes Love OKC. And I am Mike Allen. I am the president of Yes Love OKC. So uh, in 2016, we kind of felt that the society was in a really, really bad place. Um, you know, we had the election, we had the Pulse Club night shoot, uh, Pulse Club shooting that had just happened, and my friend and I were like, "What can we do to make a difference?" You know, the whole world is divided. There's so much hate and negativity, and we just really sat down and brainstormed. And she's a photographer, and I was I just have a passion for for change and loving on people. So together we decided to create a photo shoot event and invite strangers to come and just embrace each other. We literally put everyone's name in a hat, paired them with a stranger and took a picture of it. And it just grew so organically that that feeling was something that I hadn't felt from a stranger. And I didn't know I could feel that from a stranger, especially in Oklahoma. Cause you know, you think I'm not from here. So I came from California and I was like, Oh, this place is, cowboys and you're going to see horses and and I was like they're not as progressive as California but honestly that moment really redefined that for me and made me realize that there were people here in Oklahoma in Oklahoma who were more progressive than I really had thought hmm. and and for me um you know I've I was in the Air Force, and so um, I actually retired, and I've traveled all over the world, and, you know, I've seen a lot of, you know, different cities, and my kids live in different cities and things like that, Um, you know, and I actually spent the majority of my time in Kansas City, um, and that's where I moved down here from. Um, I was actually born here, and I was raised here, um, but moved away when I turned 18, and in doing that... Um, when I came back, it, it was, you know, when you're a kid and you leave and then you come back as an adult, the, the place has changed. I mean, it's just, you know, and Kansas City, I think, is a very progressive city also. Um, it's not as progressive as California, that's for sure. Um, but it is a little bit more progressive, I think, than Oklahoma City. So when I got here, um, I was always looking for ways to help. Um, the things that I could do, the things that I could um, be productive um, you know, and actually make my mark here in Oklahoma City, and and I believe in local and growing it local, and 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 being local and, and doing things organically. And uh, as Albert was showing, um, saying um, the photo shoot event, which is what him and. Um, what they created initially. Um, and that's been kind of the, the staple event of yes, love. Um, we're actually are, we have one coming up, uh, September 21st, uh, Dunlop cutting it from two to five. And, and it was the event that brought me into yes, love and finding that yes, love, um, was all those things that I just talked about. You know, it was organic. It was full of love. Um, and I, you know, and Ra- Albert can tell attest, you know, I was a little maybe pushy somewhat <laughs> at the beginning because I wanted to be such a part of them. And I, and as you read that, um, um, as you read our, at the opening, you know, that's something we truly believe in and believing that love is, is truly, um, you know, um, it's, it's truly, I think everybody deserves that same kind of love. And how do I put it nicely? I felt Oklahoma city needed a little bit more love. Hmm. Um, 
you know, and, and that's one of the things, you know, that, um, um, that we've really, I believe that yes, love focuses on and, and really shows by getting out there and, and being boots on the ground and getting out there and talking to people and, and really hearing their voices, you know, versus just hearing them through other waves or this person said, or something of that nature, we're out there actually talking to the people. And, and I just wanted to add to that real quick. Like for me, Oklahoma, it's very interesting because you think Oklahoma, you don't think it's progressive and you have all these preconceived notions. But for me, I felt like I truly found my identity in Oklahoma, which sounds ironic, you know, cause I came from California, but mm-hmm. I, I was able to explore myself as a person and the culture of Oklahoma has grown so much from when I first moved here 10 years ago, Oklahoma City did not look like this. Now we have these really thriving districts and neighborhoods where you can just go and hang out and just have a good time and really connect with the local food, local uh, music, local art. And Yes Love OKC embodies all that. We, we believe in uplifting those local communities and really making it about Oklahoma City as a community and what we can all bring to the table together to promote love. Mm. There's a lot of love in this room right now. I mean, just you guys talking about this is is really uh, refreshing. I know uh, if you get home every day from work and you and you open Facebook or you open Instagram, it can often be a very hateful place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of times we project our comments or our, our fears into what reality is, and we kind of it's a self fulfilling prophecy when we walk around that that you know kind of the blinders on that people are going to treat us that way and then aren't going to be open to our ideas and i think what you guys are demonstrating is is when you do open your arms and you do embrace one another mm-hmm. the real human is able to come out oh, yeah. and i think that's that's pretty incredible would you say that's what's happened oh yeah a hundred percent i mean just um just alone all the prides that we've attended this year um you know just the outpouring of love that you get from people you know and in addition to you know just the wonderful people that we meet on this journey you mm-hmm. know through through yes love and and the wonderful people of oklahoma city and even the surrounding areas i mean you know i mean we went up to tulsa for you know a couple of days and and it was just an outpouring of love you know mm-hmm. so it's it's here mm-hmm. um you know it's it's there and it's just um sometimes we just need uh, outlets Mm. And we need proper outlets. And, and again, you know, I, I, you know, kind of say it, but that's, again, that's what I feel like we're doing. We're just, you know, helping those pockets of love, um, come together essentially. And the reality is we don't even have to think alike. I think a lot of people focus on, well, you're a Republican, I'm a Democrat, you know, you're straight, I'm gay, you're Latino, I'm white. And it's like, why are we so divisive? Let's just look at it as you're a human, I'm a human. And we both deserve respect and love. And if we could do that, then we could move past so many other things. But we usually, a lot of times in when people are being hateful, they just find reasons to divide each other and to just to really be nasty to each other. And it's like, we could be a lot more effective if we work together instead of against each other. Would you say that people that are hateful are those that need them the most love? Yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, like I like to. Um, There's a quote, and I can't, I'm going to misquote it, but it's like, you know, the cure is a, the medication for hatred is love, and they're like, what happens when you, when it's not working? You just up the dose, and I really believe that you 
increase it. And sometimes it's really hard. I mean, we are not experts. Sometimes it's extremely hard. Sometimes uh, the comments yesterday. Yeah. You know, we were on social media. We have an event coming up at uh, the fair, and it's LGBTQ Day. And they've done it for eleven years. This is the first time we're getting involved. And I went on there and I just could not look at the comments anymore. They were just so hateful and people saying all these negative things. And I'm just like, come on, guys, let's let's move past this, you know, and Hmm. it's hard, but it it needs to be done. And that's why we we encourage those conversations, you know, and I'm willing to talk to people as long as they can be respectful. And that's the key is any conversation can happen as long as people are willing to be respectful. And, you know, and, and you know, talking about being at the fair, you know, that's one of my favorite times of the year. You know, mm. is going there, and you know, to you're think talking about the state fair, the state fair, the okay. Oklahoma City State mm-hmm. Fair, and or, or the Oklahoma State Fair. Um, and I love go. I mean, I go for the food. If I'm honest, I, I don't go. I don't ride any rides, but <laughs> people watching, is yeah, pe- <laughs> people watching is great too. And you know, to think that you know um, that that it, it's an inclusive environment for people to go. To, to, to think that people wouldn't even think about, oh, is they, are they gay? Are they black? Are they, you know, Mm. are they whatever it is, whatever Mm. they are, you know, that they could just go have a good time, meet cool people there, you know, whatever it is to think that there is no nastiness in there is Mm. really, I mean, in in my head, the ultimate goal. Mm. So I think the idea of putting a label on someone is actually, I think that that originates from like a safety mechanism of our brain. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the quicker that we can say, oh, he's a cowboy, you know, or oh, he's a punk rocker, the quicker our brain can then categorize and feel safe mm-hmm. because we, we base it off the, the old thoughts of, okay, that genre behaves in this way, right, so right. I can trust him or whatever. Um, so I think, I think the future is then moving away from that old, you know, reptilian brain mm-hmm. into the frontal lobe of saying, hey, let's give them a chance and see what happens. But I think you're right. We all have to be in an environment where we feel somewhat safe, mm-hmm. where there's a boundary of respect. Yep. And I think the that's what we're missing right now mm-hmm. in society. And I'm very, very guilty myself of getting angry and frustrated and then being very rude. Mm-hmm. And I've got to work on being better at not being rude. And and because I think if you're polite, you can get so much further than anything. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, we're, I mean, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. And, you know, and that's, that's, again, it's just. Love can see past that sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying be around toxic people. I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. you know, love can, you know, love shows forgiveness for forgiveness shows love. Love. (laughs) But you get what I'm saying here. That's always a heated question of when do we. When do we move on from the toxic, you know, when, when do you call it toxic and, and what is that place, you know, and, and I think it's different for everyone, but what are you, what have you experienced in, in your, your events? I mean, I know uh, some of the videos I've seen, I mean, you've got grown men crying, uh, women that are, are getting hugs probably for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. these are people that have been stuck in a in an internal dialogue or whatever traumatic event has happened to them and they've finally come out and finally have the the human touch and and it's real i mean Mm -hmm. you can tell like there's really something happening here i i mean i even think of the uh free mom hugs Mm -hmm. i mean how beautiful that really is when we just stop and say you know let's put our differences aside this person is being neglected and just needs a hug Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it comes out of that. I mean, mm. it's that simple sometimes. Mm. Um, you Can know, you think you, of a story that that 
kind of unfolded? Uh, there's a gentleman that we met actually going through to one of the to many of our events, and uh, he just he shares his story um, that he has never felt so accepted in by so many people and so safe to be himself. I mean, that's a common story, but his sticks with me just because honestly, I met the gentleman probably a year ago and he showed up to, to our event and he had special needs um, and such a wonderful person. And honestly, all we did was just show him humanity and how I would want to be treated. And I don't feel like, we did anything special or anything extra. Um, but just that genuineness and that feeling he felt of being accepted and loved by strangers really stuck with him. And so he shares that and he's become such a really inspiring person. And honestly, like I said, we didn't do anything besides just embrace him. Like we would want to be embraced. And it's just the power in that ability to see a person as a human that really goes beyond just like, oh, hey, how are you? No, it stuck with him, and it still sticks with him to this day. Mm. Go ahead. And mine is, mine is, um, uh, it, it's kind of every event in a way because I, you know, um, a lot of this is just um, like seeing different communities come together. It's all all new to me, you know. So um, for me, it's a lot of new experiences on 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 a on a weekly, monthly basis. So, um, and you know, I've told Albert this before, there's times where I've just sat back and just kind of smiled and, or cried because it was just, it was just so cool to see something that we've created as a team to get, you know, just in, and that we could put on something so powerful, Mm. you know? So, and, you know, as, as we, you know, said the other day on, on the, or she said on the, uh, Channel 5 the other day, I mean, Oklahoma is full of a lot of really loving and beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, as I said earlier, there's just sometimes that we don't know the outlets. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, when I found this photo event, I don't mean to keep plugging it, but but it really is, it was, it was a really important event personally for me because, I mean, uh, that's where I found my tribe, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, and, you know, we say our Albert says it all the time, you know, we don't always choose our family, our family chooses us, you know, and, and, and that's what it's grown to, you know, I mean, Albert's family now, you know, so, um, you know, to, so, and even though he comes from California, he really embraces Oklahoma city as his home, you know, and, you know, so if I can, somebody that's, you know, essentially, you know, didn't grow up here and can find love in Oklahoma city, you know, in what I don't remember this being Oklahoma city when I moved back two three years ago, um, it it makes, it makes a big impact on someone. Hmm. So I I think the location that you're at, I mean, obviously we've got location of your house and location of your grocery store, but I think with the internet and with social media, the lines have gotten blurred between, oh, you're on the West Coast, oh, you're on the East Coast. When we're able to kind of communicate at the drop of a hat, I spent seven hours the other day on a phone call with a guy I'd never met that was in Australia that runs a YouTube channel um, that goes out and interviews people in Brisbane, Australia. And it was so interesting what he was doing. And I just messaged him on Instagram and I said, I love what you're doing. I, I, you know, I'm doing something similar here. Like I'd love to chat with you. And we called each other 
and this was at like about four o'clock our time and it was like nine o'clock his time or something like that and the next thing i knew it was 1 a.m in the morning (laughs) and we i said have we been on the phone for seven hours and it was just interesting that someone that's on the complete opposite side of the globe Mm -hmm. we were just instantly connected and just instantly able to talk you know right and and just it just reminded me that this whole idea that you know oh you're this nationality or you're this you know country mm-hmm. or you no no we're humans number one right, right? we're mm-hmm. humans so um so what's the so what's the action step for someone that may not uh be in oklahoma city yet a lot of people are <laughs> twenty thousand people a year are moving here so if you're thinking about it you need to come here but if you're not here yet and you've heard something on this program and you're like i want that mm-hmm. what is the action step well, we definitely want to branch out, and that's one one of the goals we've had since the beginning. And we're currently actually looking at New York and mm-hmm. setting this photo shoot event there. So what we would like to do is if people want to contact us and start planning it, it really doesn't take a lot. It just takes finding a venue. And we have a photographer. We have our team promoting. You know, We need to connect with people that are established and have some kind of following so that way mm-hmm. they can reach out because it is hard for us from here. But really, that that's simple. You know, yeah. We get a space, mm-hmm. we invite people, whether it's big or small, whoever shows up is still going to walk away with the same feeling that our event walked away with. And if I may just caveat, I mean, travel expenses um, do, do add up, you know, so uh, donations are always accepted yeah. in, in that venue. Um, we have actually on our page, we actually have where does our money go? Um, you know, so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the big thing there, you know, um, is we do have, you know, that, and we can get these, we can, I mean, it's, you know, we can get the photo event in other cities really, really easily. Um, and like I said, we really like to focus on local. So we try to find local artists from the area, things like that, that can paint the backdrop, um, things of that nature and getting the, you know, the local community involved. Um, you know, so. And for those that may not have picked up on this, it is an event, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've got, you partner with a stranger you've never met, mm-hmm. and you guys together take a portrait shot together. Correct. And this can be a funny shot, this mm-hmm. can be a romantic shot, mm-hmm. this can be a very intimate shot, this can be a very non-intimate shot, mm-hmm. but something happens when you get together and pose for a picture. You wouldn't yep. think, you just think when you say it, you go, well, how is that impacting <laughs> right, people? Right. But it does. Yep. So check out yesloveokc.com. Now, Instagram, if you want to read off your Instagram, your Facebook, yep. how, how do people get a hold of you guys? Just hashtag yes love OKC um, to our from our Gmail all the way through Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, and then we do have podcasts on Apple mm-hmm. and SoundCloud and Spotify. Excellent. We'll put some of those in the description. Is there anything we haven't covered before we wrap it up here? Uh, just to look forward to this event we're having, we're actually currently working on an event that we have called Diversicon. It's kind of taking from, like, the Comic-Con culture. Uh, There's a lot of similarities in what we believe in in Comic-Con. One of our members, he's really huge into the Comic-Con world, and he was just 
trying to break it down for us because none of us are really into that. Um, but there's a lot of acceptance and community in Comic Con. You know, a lot you get men that cosplay as women, women as men, and it's not a big deal. It's just mm-hmm. a cosplay, and so we're gonna do that incorporated with body positivity and. Uh, bring in like the drag culture, kind of like drag con, and bring them all together to promote uh, like body positivity, self image, and do a fashion show. Right. And, and educa- educational breakouts, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, you know, like he said, uh, I think we're going to have a costume contest. Yeah. Yeah, a costume contest. And then we're going to have, of course, vendors there, um, things of that nature. Um, I mean, what's the dates on that? It's in yeah, it's in April. Uh, we actually just um, uh, locked up our venue, um, mm. so that that will be pushing out a uh, pushing out something very quick, uh, very soon, I should say. Okay, so stay tuned to you guys yeah, online. Exactly, but uh, it is in April for sure. Um, we're really excited. We've had a couple of hiccups um, when when we've planned this throughout uh, the last few months, um, but uh, we're really excited that we've got the venue. We're really excited about putting this forward because. Um, we think that it's uh, invaluable to mm. uh, the community um, because it's just it just shows that um, that it, it really just helps prove our mission statement, which is bridging that gap of intersectionality. You've been listening to the voice of Yes Love OKC on OKC Real Estate Show. For more information about moving to Oklahoma City or if you're interested in investing in Oklahoma City, check out OKCRealEstateShow.com. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Thank you.